Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's no way around grief and loss. You can dodge all you want, but sooner or later you just have to go into it, through it, and hopefully come out the other side. The world you find there will never be the same as the world you left. Johnny Cash. Hello and welcome to Just Make The Thing, a podcast for people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. My name is Claire Twenty, and I'm your host and this week I'm joined by my lawyer, yoga instructing friend Chanel Luchev. A few events have happened over the last couple of weeks that have reminded me again of the tough road that we face when we lose someone we love and also that idea of letting go of coping when life goes in a different direction, of finding what it is that we want to do and also letting go maybe of other things that we can't achieve. And so today I wanted to talk with Chanel about loss and grief and how to get through the other side. On with the show. Anyway, we're here. Hello, Chanel. Hi, Claire. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming over to my house oh, on a Sunday. Yeah, no problems. We're recording. We're staring at my son's birthday tent. I was trying to figure out what that thing was. Yeah, we bought him a birthday tent for $20 from Bunnings. Oh, very And it's nice. really great value for money. Kids love little tent things where they can hide away. In they do, don't they? My When my do. niece was little, she used to come to my house and find things to make forts out of. Correct. Like one day I came out of the, out of the shower and she'd put my two dining room chairs together and two yoga mats over the top of them. And she's just sitting in underneath, uh, underneath this little makeshift fort she'd made. I'm like, are you right there? She's like, yeah, yeah. I've just made a little shelter for myself. I'm like, all right, cool. You know what I think that is? You just don't get any privacy as a kid. You don't yeah. get to choose your own house or room or abode. It's true. So make your own. Yeah. You know, we're just doing it as adults but on a big scale yeah. with more permanency and taxation. Yeah. <laughs> and stress. But, yes, oh, correct. Man. Yeah, exactly. No, thoughts are the best. And you get to kind of squirrel away. I did try to crawl through that tunnel because there's two tents connected by like a bright green tunnel. Well the tunnel is not designed for 33 year old women. <laughs> let me tell you that. But three year olds love it. Yes. It was very fun. That's so amazing. it is amazing. Um, so today on Just Make the Thing, we wanted to talk, well, I wanted to talk to mm-hmm. you actually about grief yes. and letting go. Yeah. Because mm, yep. that's kind of a really big topic mm. and kind of timely for me and sort of my friendship circle, there's a few things that have happened and one in particular and um, one of my friends just going through a really tough time mm-hmm. with grief and loss and, yeah, so I wanted to talk about that. Okay. No, it's yeah. a good idea. I think, I think it happens so. in life, doesn't it? It does. It does. Well, I think that one of the things that it struck me while I've been thinking a lot about this, about how we have to let go of things, because mm. I lost my dad be coming on four years this mm-hmm. week, actually. It's his anniversary mm-hmm. this week. And even though he was sick for quite a long time, it was still a very big shock when it actually happened because sure. he was well and we thought he was going to come home and we'd sort of made arrangements at the house for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And so when it happens like that, it makes you really think about life 
in, yeah. in the fragility of it. Yeah. And I think how much things can change so quickly. And so if there are things that you want to do or things you want to say to people, yeah. mm. you just got to do them because you really don't know how long you've got. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that entirely. Mm. I just, it definitely gives you a different perspective, doesn't it? And it makes all of the arbitrary stuff that you fuss about during the day seem like such nonsense. Yeah, you know. trivial and not so important yeah, on the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I know like, oh, I haven't got to the vacuuming yeah. or something, you know, or yeah, my house is a mess or I wish I folded my sheets better or something. But or even, yeah. life is, or work, work is stressful. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think even things that are seemingly like in the everyday life considered to be quite serious then when there is like a sudden loss, like a death in the family or you know, possibly even like like a miscarriage or something mm. sad, terribly sad, puts all the things that you stress about into perspective and even things like I really wish my life was a particular way because if it was I'd be happier. It's like, well, you need to also appreciate the people that are there for you at the time, mm. you know, and uh, it's all very really good for me to say this because tomorrow I'll be like complaining about something yeah, completely and, non- and like nonsensical. I don't think our brains yeah. can actually stay in that perpetual state. <laughs> no. I'm grateful for every moment I yeah. have in our whole life or we would just get exhausted. Totally, but totally, I, yeah. I do think there is something in just leaning into the joy of the moments that you have each day yeah. that are lovely, like... I know I sat in the garden today eating banana pancakes with oh. my three-year-old who was telling me about some animals and something that he liked. And, and I was just sitting there just looking at my garden and thinking this is, this is life. Like yeah. this kind of little stuff is actually the most important stuff. And I was actually speaking to someone else this week who's sort of been diagnosed with an illness and she was saying that they don't know how long she's got and so she really has to watch what she eats mm-hmm. and do a lot of things that might seem really annoying, like she can't eat carbohydrates and dairy and she's trying to eat organically and she has to sort of steer clear of certain starches and take mm-hmm. all this medication. And oh, wow. um, But she said that she's, because of that, it's made her really go, well, I don't know how much time I've got left. So each day I'm going to spend doing things or thinking about things or you know, talking to the people that I love and trying to stay as present as I can because yeah. there's, I think, a lot of our thought loops that we go into are either embarrassing worries about <laughs> what we did in the past. Yeah. Like, oh, God, I can't believe I said that. Oh, my mm. God, that thing that happened 20 years ago that I that person must not like me now or, mm. you know, I can't believe. And, you know, those kind of cringe work moments, mm. often our brains go back to those cringe yeah. moments. Or conversely, we're thinking about all the things we haven't done yet and all the mm. things we wish Worries we were. Worries about the future. Yeah. Worries about the future and whether you're going to end up with a life that you envisioned and all that kind of stuff where really all we have, she was saying, is today yeah, and right now. 100%. And the reality is the stuff that you reflect back on that is not necessarily your proudest or finest moment in life is never actually what happened as you recall it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. In your mind, you're like, it was the most tragic and horrible situation ever and perhaps for you at the time, perhaps for you it may have felt that way, but to any other observer it probably wasn't or, you know, especially in terms of like when you embarrass yourself or you say things that you don't mean, you're assuming that everyone thinks the same way that you do. do. So trying to like reflecting back and looking on a moment going, oh, God, that was awful, I'm so embarrassed. 
Well, yeah, that's fine. You can be, but don't beat yourself up about yeah, it. Yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? Luke McGregor said that to me, that no, everyone is the hero of their own yeah, story. correct. And so everyone is mostly still thinking about their own Oh, yeah. Rather yeah. than other people's. Like he said that he used to have this real phobia of going out by himself. Mm-hmm. And so he forced himself to do it. He'd go and sit in a bar and have a beer on his own. Mm-hmm. And he realised once he did that, that like everybody else is just thinking about their own stuff. <laughs> no one's even looking at you, mate. You know? I mean, maybe now yeah. they would be because he's, depending on where he went, because obviously people admire the work that he does. But even then it's, no one's kind of thinking about that. It's like when you go to a party and you're so worried about what you look like, but everybody else is thinking about their own stuff. Oh, yeah. And in a way that's kind of freeing, I think. So it just made me think actually, just got watching my friend go through something really, really horrific and then also, you know, traumatic. And then what my family's been through over the last four years and the grief and how different people have experienced it in different ways mm. and how for some of some of my family for instance i think they experienced grief in delay and for mm-hmm. me it was quite immediate at the time and then also the fallout that happens once you've experienced grief and and how you can be trottling along through your life and everything seems quite fine now mm-hmm. and then you can be absolutely flawed and be taken right back to that feeling that you had mm. when it first happened. Yeah, it's so interesting, and I I just often think the world is so much bigger and more magic than we understand. Yeah, as absolutely. well. Like I've often felt my dad with me in different situations, and I don't know. It just makes me curious and makes me wonder about the world and what else is out there, mm. and and what we don't understand about life, and also how the finality of it, like. We are going to die. Mm-hmm. We all are. And I was telling this to James and he's like, man, you're really morbid. People think you're a cheerful person. You are one of the most morbid people <laughs> I know. And I said, well, we're and all I'm- going to die. <laughs> no, you will. I will. I Everybody will. And I sat on the couch last night like really sobbing at James. I was like, you're going to die one day and we're not going to be together anymore. And I, well, maybe I'll die but then, you, and then our little son will be by himself and it's all. And he's like, yeah, but I'm here now. Do you want to watch some Netflix? <laughs> and I think that was the thing. It just kind of hit home to me that mm. you kind of have to hold those two big ideas in your head mm. that, yes, we are all going to die eventually. Our lives are not forever. They're not permanent. Everyone in our life is fragile. Mm. Life can change in the blink of an eye. And I know I'm sure there are people living in all kinds of situations in Syria, in, you know, I don't know, in Thailand, on pla- in little islands on the Pacific that are, you know, covered in water, like mm. that their lives, are. they see that fragility more than we do. Yeah. But they are. Our lives can change in a split second. So if there are things that you want to do or say or make or create, it really is about trying to do that. Yeah. Now and not putting pressure on me. You're going to die, so make it now yeah, and yeah. make it good. But just that you've got to free yourself from your own expectations and, and perfectionism. Yeah, and, yeah. And all of that stuff so you can just keep, you know, making stuff because I think we're ha- ha- happiest when we are and try and let go of that stuck feeling because... yeah. You know, otherwise your life passes you by. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, it is one of those things, isn't it, that grief can sometimes create 
like can breed creativity because people finally realize, oh, as you say, I'm going to die one day. So what am I waiting for? Mm. So in some ways it's kind of, it can be a positive thing. Mm. Um, It's kind of sad that for some people it takes that for them to you know, to to change yeah. their life. I know. I'm, yeah, I just finished but... reading Any Ordinary Day by Lee Sayles. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had a friend that just finished that. She said it was fantastic. It is. It's very heavy going. Mm. And I think if you've been through something newly traumatic, it's probably a bit hard to read. Yep. But one thing that it, I took from it, so Lee Sayles, if, for those who aren't sort of based in Australia, is a really famous, well-respected journalist. She she does a 7.30 report, which is a weekly, um, daily news show, and she's the host, but she also is an incredible interviewer. And she also hosts the podcast Chat 10 Looks yep. 3, which is an incredible show. It's hilarious. And uh, Harry Annabelle Crab do it. Oh, and it's so great. She has a really beautiful singing voice She as does. Well. She's very, like, funny yeah. and a bit cabaret. Yeah. <laughs> she loves it. And anyway, <laughs> yeah. that show has a lot of wonderful recommendations for yeah. food and books and mm. things to watch and pop culture. And it's just gorgeous. And their friendship is delightful. Yeah. So, and they have a great Facebook group too, Chat 10 Looks 3, to join. So that's a recommendation too. But her book is all about that. She had some really traumatic things happen to her. Um, The birth of her son was really traumatic and she had, you know, her marriage broke down and a whole lot of big things happened. And so she, this kind of inspired her to go and interview people who'd been through kind of the worst imaginable tragedies Mm -hmm. and grief, like people who were involved in the Link Cafe siege, which was when a gunman took over a cafe in Sydney and it was sort of a big terrorist attack and he murdered people. It was a whole traumatic thing. And then or she went and interviewed Stuart Diver, who was oh. the guy that got stuck under in Threadboat. Oh, yeah. There was, a, there was like a mudslide or a landslide yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. It was, he was trapped in there. Yeah, with his wife mm. in their hotel room and his wife drowned yeah. next to yep. him oh, in the bed. Gosh. I know. So her, And he was, was miraculous that he survived. Yeah. Like they, they found him under the rubble. It was just this like it's extraordinary incredible. external story. And then his second wife died of cancer. Yeah, not long ago. So he's had, you know, very traumatic. And, you know, even people in the Port Arthur massacre and even I've been thinking about the people who were affected by the shooting in Pittsburgh in the Mm -hmm. synagogue Mm -hmm. recently. You know, so she went and interviewed people who'd been affected by mass shootings. And the overarching thing, weirdly, was this sense of hope Mm. that seemed to come out of the stories and and this idea of post-traumatic growth, which was that, not immediately, and it doesn't happen for everyone, but if you've got a particular mindset, you can really grow through and kind of have a, a deeper, wider, more compassionate, empathetic perspective on life. Yeah. And you actually kind of become, I guess for one of a better phrase, a better person yeah. from going through those events. And not always, it doesn't happen for everybody. Some people can be traumatised forever. Yeah, I was going to say it can also have the adverse uh, adverse effects on people where they start to feel less trusting or more cynical of the world mm. or that can happen too. It can be a consequence. Yeah. I mean, ideally it would be good to be able to grow and be more positive and identify the things that you think are missing in your life and like go after them, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen for everybody that way. Yeah. No. But they did say, she said in this book that the difference was... Mm. Friendships often oh, and connection. Nice. I know yeah. in community of people yeah. having friends around and how deeply connected they were in their community 
and then what actions they kind of took after the event to try and make a positive change, whether it was starting a foundation or, I don't know, talking to people of victims who've been through the same thing or sharing their story or writing a book or some kind of creative output. And exactly what you were going back to, it made me think that I think human beings process the world by creating stuff. Mm, um, yep. And I know when this thing happened to my friend, I I made this like I just had this thing in my head that I needed to make a chocolate cake, like a butter <laughs> chocolate buttercream cake and that would make everything better. And so I'm like frantically making this chocolate cake at like <laughs> 11 o'clock at night and I finished it. And James, and I was sort of saying, can I take it over now? And he's like, mate, is this like a limit? <laughs> I don't think this is the right time. So anyway, I took it over the next day and I wrote a funny note. And that was really, that really came from Lisa's book as well. Cause she mm. said, often what happens in really traumatic times, mm. people stay away because they don't want to intrude yeah. on yep. someone's pain and grief. And they think they'll be a nuisance and they, or they're worried that they won't say the right thing and that they'll upset the person. And what she said, what all these people said to her who'd been through traumatic things is actually what helped them the most was having people turn up for them and be with them. Yeah. And that to me was such a light bulb moment because I I think I've I've often been guilty of that, of not not even, or sending a text or something and then being like, well, they don't need, I I shouldn't intrude, I shouldn't be there. And actually what she said is don't ask because people will say, no, no, I don't need anything. Don't yeah. worry, I'm fine. Yeah. So don't ask. Just turn up. And if you say the wrong thing, you can't make it literally. They're going through the worst thing they've ever been through. You, by you saying something stupid, you can't make it worse. Yeah. But being there with them through it is the best thing you could do. Yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think interestingly, so my group of girlfriends from high school, over 50% of them, Probably more, yeah, definitely over 50% of them have lost either one parent or both parents. Wow. Most, most of them, and at quite a young age, sort of late teens, sort of early 20s, um, and a lot of them to cancer, so quite sort of slow and painful <laughs> losses. And it's interesting because the, the wonderful thing is like my girlfriends who have all sort of gone through a similar experience kind of know exactly what to do at the mm. time sort of thing. They kind of just swing into action for each other. And then sort of after maybe the third or fourth parent had passed away, we were like, okay, who's doing the flowers? Who was organising the food? <laughs> who's going around to see them? Who's going to drop off the card? You know? And yeah. we kind of organised a system, which yeah. is a little bit worrying. We were so prepared by the time we got to like, you know, for a number six or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like you really do and you do appreciate all those things when they when they do happen even if you don't sort of have the presence of mind to be able to communicate it it's like even just sort of knowing that someone's around and thinking about you and um, can make a big difference yeah completely and yeah yeah and I guess that's something that did strike me with the friendship group with us the this girl that's going through this yeah we all everyone had different roles that they were comfortable yeah. playing yeah. you know some of us have lost parents so we sort of had perspectives on it and Unfortunately, unless something strange happens, everyone's going to go through that. Yeah. And we're starting to hit an age where it's yeah. more likely, yeah. which, God, is terrifying. Yeah, yep. Scary as, but it's something that when you've gone through it, and I think that was the thing because I'd been through it. Yeah. And I think maybe, I, maybe my friend felt connected with me and my experience in that mm. way. So 
she knew that I wouldn't be scared about, you know, different things because I'd been there mm. and so and been in that situation. And it is, it's sort of, I guess it must be that similar feeling with war veterans have, you know, yeah. when they, or support groups with addicts or yeah. anyone who's been through something, just talking to people who've been through something yeah. similar, you feel kind of bonded, you feel like... Like you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yep. you, you can kind of share share in something, some knowledge. And yeah, exactly that. Isn't it so beautiful? That sort of rallying of friends and support. Oh yeah. And food. Food is the other yeah. thing. If you can't actually turn up, turn up with food and leave. Yeah. Like even just dropping it at here, the doorstep. I'm sorry for everything. Here is a lasagna. Now yeah. I'm going to go. I know. I did this thing. Lisa <laughs> sort of talked about it a bit in her book and so did Animal Crab and then I did it and it was so, I'm so glad I did Like On the chocolate cake I wrote a silly message about, I don't know, eat in case of emergency yeah. and life is total shit or yeah. something <laughs> in big like marker and, mm. you know, that kind of thing. And something that makes people laugh and having that, was I'm so glad I did it and being able to have food that they can share I think is yeah is so there's something lovely especially when someone's going through something like that in a hospital setting yeah where you just don't eat like I remember yeah. with my dad you would just spend so long like weeks on end in that hospital and you know there's only so much cafeteria food oh, you God. can handle it's the worst isn't it it is and when you're churning your tum- stomach is churning and you're exhausted and you're not sleeping properly you end up eating chips and yeah. chocolate a lot and so having something with vegetables in it or something homemade some and so i read something else that like just chopped up veggies like yep. raw carrot sticks yep. and stuff is something too because often everyone's sitting around in waiting rooms and you need snacky food that isn't more Doritos yeah. <laughs> or vending machine food. So I just thought that, and I just wanted to pass that on to listeners of our show because I know people go through all kinds of things in life and I feel like Lee Sales gave me a real gift in her book. And like your friends have given your your friendship group that yeah. gift of knowledge of what to do. Yeah. And it's also kind of healing and it's that whole thing, isn't it, where if you can do something for someone else, it also the joy that you can get from that back oh, yeah. is also wonderful. Absolutely. Kind of. I actually wanted to ask you, um, in terms of grief, grieving and having lost sort of a parent at the same time as being a new parent, mm. how did you, because I had this conversation with a friend during the week, she's like, I feel like I'm in this weird in-between stage because I've got parents who are getting older, quite a bit older, and they're you know, it's a bit sickly, so not not necessarily well and sort of I am worried about their health and how long they'll be around for and I'm also now contemplating having kids and the idea of being this person in the middle that is like the parent to a small child that constantly needs my attention and help but also the daughter to parents who are elderly that are going to also need my constant care and help. Did you ever feel like there was that you were being stretched or pulled in both directions at once and how did you manage that? (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I find it quite impressive. I had like a friend who actually horribly, she's an amazing, amazing woman, she gave birth to her first daughter on the day that her mum died. Oh, my God, I remember. (laughs) You know, we were sort of around post the death of her um, mum but it took a really long time for her to actually 
to be able to tell us the story of her labour. So it was kind of like she had this grief and she was also, I think she might have also been the administrator of the estate. So she was having to kind of deal with the loss of her mum and then all of the stuff that came comes along mm, with a that. a lot of admin. Yeah. That's what you don't expect. Yeah, and admin. then also it was kind of like that had to be dealt with and then she could kind of have an opportunity to actually embrace motherhood a little bit. It was like like a six-month delay legitimately. Mm. Like it was like it took a long time for us to even hear the story of like how, she, you know, you, you hear how someone goes into labour and what happens. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get any, so we didn't hear any of that information because obviously she had other things on her mm. mind. So sorry, going back to the question, <laughs> how did you, how did you cope yeah. when you no, were, no, yeah. yeah. So my dad passed away kind of probably couple of months before I became pregnant. Right, okay. And then I had a son, yeah, obviously after that. Yeah. So I remember vividly the first anniversary of my dad's death, mm-hmm. I had a newborn who yeah, was right. probably a week old. Right. So I vividly remember and we had a big mass and a ceremony on the anniversary and I remember doing a reading oh and gosh. I had just come out of hospital oh and I had gosh. this newborn and it was this whole... Thing. Mm. So, and I guess the other side of it is that you want to support the people you love in yeah. your life, like my mum. Yeah. So I did feel very stretched in that way because I was trying to support my mum and my family, but also navigate this whole having a newborn. And I'd had quite a f- traumatic birth, and little one's health mm. wasn't great either. So there was sort of a lot of complications around that. Mm -hmm. And then we started the business all at the same time. Oh, my goodness. So I was sort of like being pulled in a thousand directions, which is probably why I fell on my face last year. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Around a similar time to this year. So I... I, I, well, I guess my answer is that you, I, I have this incredible husband and an incredible family through him as well, mm-hmm. another sort of second family, and they were so amazing, his family. And my mum too was so supportive in my family. But having him, I reckon I relied a lot on my husband mm-hmm. hugely to get me through that. And you just, I, I think in hindsight, more self-care would have been smart Sure. when I don't know how you do that. But you just kind of do. I think that's yeah. what, like, I'm sure women who have four kids and jobs and no partners and or whatever it is that happens to them, you do just have to deal with it. Yeah. Like, you do just have to focus on who needs you now in that moment yeah, and you don't right. always get it right and forgive yourself. That was the other thing. I had to kind of forgive myself when... I needed to grieve and I wasn't like as great a mother as I could have been or I wasn't there for my mum in the same way that I should have been or didn't get, I didn't get to friends' birthdays and things that I wish that I had, you know, stuff like that or I missed Mm. things. I remember one time a good friend came over to see the baby and I hadn't got to her wedding because I had to go into hospital just before I gave birth um, for other health reasons mm-hmm. for um, our little guy. And 
I didn't get to her wedding. I was supposed to sing at her wedding and then she was coming around. I was supposed to give her her wedding present and I just hadn't wrapped it. It was still in the boot of the car <laughs> and I was asleep. So because we hadn't slept in like two weeks or something and she got to the door and I just was like the worst friend because I was asleep when she turned up and then I'm like writing her card for her with her present there and just having to sort of forgive myself and say, yeah. well, I'm just not, you just can't be everything to everyone. Yeah, right. You just have to prioritise. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a very good answer. Is that a good answer? Sort of sensible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just can't do everything. Yeah. I, that's what I've come to terms with, that you just, you can't be everything to everyone all of the time. And if you lean in one direction for one group of friends, then you have to lean out in another way. Yeah. And then maybe you have to lean back in in another direction. Um, But having a partner who's really supportive and also having lovely friends as well around who are supportive to that really helps as Mm. well, having people to talk to about stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually having friends just be around, that goes back to that thing that I was saying that Lee Sales said, something I've learnt more recently that showing up for people, whether or not you're wearing the best outfit or looking the best or on time, if you're there and you just see them, even if it's quantity time is actually sometimes better than quality time. Yeah, yeah. Just being there. Like we've got this group of friends we catch up every week for dinner and at someone's house or at a restaurant or somewhere and it's that consistency of seeing you, seeing each other has meant that when the shit hits the fan, you know. Yeah. It's like us with this podcast. Yeah. Because like, you see each other so regularly. Yeah. You just, you kind of are checking in and you're seeing people at different points when they're feeling like exhausted or yep. when something massive happens, you know where they're at. Yeah. So that's also something I've learned that, yeah, you've, and, and also, I mean, this is a long answer. Not no, 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 this is. This, this is, is good. good. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I've learned, and I think my friend told me about this today, taught me this too, watching her go through what she's going through, because I don't think when I, I grew up we were very good at this, um, asking for help. Yep, yep. Like actually yeah. saying, and when people say to you, what do you need? Not saying, don't worry, I'm fine. Yeah. But actually saying, I need this. Yeah, it's not you know? a sign of vulnerability or weakness. Or... And you're not putting people out. Yeah, because yeah. they want they want to. And the thing yeah. is they want to be there and they also feel like they're. Intrigued. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. So, I look, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah, because I think also people don't know what to do and, and people want. And the other thing I saw was that ability to accept kindness. Yeah. I find that really difficult. Like yeah. I'm, I find yeah. it easier to be kind to someone, this can sound weird, than to accept someone being kind to me. Like yeah. I feel like I'm putting them out and yeah. it makes me yep. stressed. No, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like people do nice things and you don't know how to react. Yeah. You're like, thank you. Do I need to now reciprocate with something grander? So yeah. I feel like we're on equal, like an equal exactly. playing field or something. Yeah. Whereas it is actually really lovely for you to accept people's kindness and let them do things for you yeah. and not feel immediately that in that moment when you're upset and they're helping you that you should be baking them something. Yeah. <laughs> Just that so you can do that later yeah. and reciprocate later. But 
there'll be time for cake, for chocolate cake at Correct. some point in time. Yeah. Correct. But you just accept <laughs> kindness and it actually is a lovely thing. So another of my friends was diagnosed, Jamila Risby, who I interviewed actually in that, which is a great podcast episode mm-hmm. to go back and listen to. But she was diagnosed with um, a tumour in her brain and the second time around it came back. So she just had another lot of surgery and I've never happened to before. I thought it was so brilliant When I emailed and just said, hey, how are you going? Do you need anything? Do you want to catch up or something Um, while you're on break? She sent me like a timetabled schedule of all of her days that she wanted to see people. And she just said, put your name down where you can. Multiple catch-ups is fine. One catch-up when I'm not around is fine. Just let me know. Oh, that's amazing. I know. And I thought, okay, so it's actually okay to say to people, no, bloody turn up, I need you. Yeah. Not... Don't worry, I'm fine, which is what I did when my teeth was shattered. I yeah. was sort of just like, no, 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 I'm fine, everyone. Don't worry. Yeah. Whereas I would have loved to just hang out with yeah. my teeth in my face. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved it. I think everyone else would have been a bit <laughs> terrified. Anyway, so that's my lesson. Oh, wow. Yeah. What do you, how do you sort of feel about that idea of your parents getting older? Um, so interestingly, the other day, um, because my, yeah, my, oh, my mum's got the most amazing genetics in that she like never gets sick or never is unhealthy. So um, I feel like she'll just live forever. <laughs> I suspect she'll probably just outlive me. I will pass she away might. at the age of whenever, 80, 90, and my mother will be like 150 and still alive. <laughs> Whereas my dad's genetics not so great. He's had, he has a whole bunch of sort of, debilitating conditions, arthritis and gout and whatnot, which is not great um, and has affected him in the long term for quite a long time. And he does have a lot of sort of medical care sort of that happens intermittently throughout the year. So he'll definitely, you know, there'll be a trip to hospital at some point in time in the year and some of them are not so serious, some of them are more serious. Um and I was saying to my girlfriend, I'm just so worried because my dad is also retired and when he is in good health, which is like, I mean, which is most of the time really, he's just so like jovial and happy and great to be around and he'll kind of like, he'll drive all the way from Berwick, which is where he lives, which is like a good hour and a bit from my place all the way up to see me and he's, you know, he's retired so he's got the time. But it also means he's lost the concept of what it means to work a full-time job. So I'll often get phone calls at like 11.30 on a Tuesday. He's like, hi, are you at work? I'm like, yeah, I'm still at work. I'm mm-hmm. always at work at, on a Tuesday during the day <laughs> and a Monday and a Wednesday, by the way, and Thursday and Friday too. <laughs> it's kind of like that's how full-time work works. And I think, I don't know, and this I shouldn't speak so generally, but I, I get the sense that parents often don't think that adult children have proper jobs, which is why they call them. They're like, now I want to have a conversation with you about yeah, something yeah, that is not see, urgent. And they don't see you as a professional yeah. in the same way that they were maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can't you take me to the shops? No, not today. <laughs> no, I'm a lawyer <laughs> in a really important job and they're paying me to be at this job. Where I was I like, am. I'm so sorry to hear about, you know, auntie so-and-so's um, is not doing well, but could we maybe chat about it after 5pm when, yeah. when I'm finished at work? You know, you want to give them the time, right? So Correct. I do um, understand that. But um, I think part of me has this nervousness or like a level of anxiousness or fear that 
Um, Because I do, look, yeah, I love my parents. They're wonderful people. But you can't help, I think, in any relationship. Sometimes you get frustrated. Like, please don't ring me at 11.30 in the morning on Tuesday. Correct. I'm I'm right in the middle of drafting something right now. I need to get it finished. I have a deadline. And, like, I feel like sometimes I'm a bit more cursed than I should be. Um, And then then you get the guilt, like, as the Mm. the daughter or son. You're sort of like, well, now it's just an asshole to my parents. I'm going to have to ring them back and say sorry or be super nice to compensate or like as I said before do something grandiose like I'm sorry I was rude but can you please come over for like a croaker bush and like <laughs> and like some kind and of a gourmet data station <laughs> yes. at my house yes, all day Saturday when all I want to do is sleep yeah, exactly correct yeah it's like a constant juggling act. Yes. and that's the thing I was saying to you before too about that idea that like you can't hold the idea that everyone is going to die eventually in your head forever or you would only ever see people and be like, how is everything? Are you okay? How's your health? Let's all always just be nice to each other forever and not say what we really mean. Yeah, and, I don't yeah, know, yeah. All of that stuff. I know. It's, it's, yeah. complex. it's so for, complex. Yeah. So for me, the one thing is like I do have a bit of anxiousness that like one day I will get a phone call and it won't be a good phone call. Mm. So... And I don't know whether it's – I mean, it's, it's, as you said, not great to have in the back of your mind that your parents might die. <laughs> no, no. Um, exactly. But at the same time, like, it is a constant reminder to me to sort of be be patient and as attentive as, as I have the capacity to do yeah. at the time because mm. you never know what could happen, exactly. right? There yeah. is a – there's this tension between giving of yourself to the extent that you can without depleting your own – resources because then you just get really angry and sad and sit on the floor and you kind of weep or like complain yeah, to your partner exactly. who has to hear it yeah all. and that's not healthy either and it's no. not really like if if that was that's kind of wasting the yes. life that we do have yes, and the joy correct. that we do have and the people are that we do have when we have them you know so yeah yeah exactly you, you have to find a balance in all of it and yeah keep everything in perspective I guess yeah, yeah. I mean I think um so I um, um, have mentioned, obviously, I'm quite fortunate. My parents are both still here and, you know, relatively healthy. Um, but I have lost a cousin who was very, I was quite, you know, relatively close to and grew up with. So I spent a lot of time with him as a child, which was quite sudden and tragic and definitely made me, I was quite young, I would have been maybe 21 or 20 years old, definitely made me contemplate the meaning of life, you know. And then also there was... There's been grandparents who I've been quite close to who I've lost and really, I mean, like really weren't that old when they passed away. So upon reflection now, I think not that I really wish I could have spent more time with them because at 21, 22, it's really hard to appreciate them but mm. as, hu- as human beings, yeah, you know, on yes. that level. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you can't because you're still coming out of that teenage ego, yeah. you know, to, And you're yeah. trying to figure out who you are space, as a person space. and what you like and what your values are, which, which realistically should be different from your grandparents because it was a different time, mm. you know. Like yeah. it would be strange if you felt exactly the same way about the world that your par- you know parents or even your grand like you yeah even your parents felt when yeah. they were coming up in the world so but upon reflection now like the one thing i do feel like i've missed out on in, is getting to know them as a person and understanding their struggles as a young person or a young parent or learning about their mistakes and how they manage them yeah so i'm finding now as i'm getting older i'm like 
when I speak to other people's parents or other people's grandparents, I'm like, tell me about your history, including my grandmother-in-law who's like amazing and has had this incredibly difficult life. Um, I think I've mentioned before, so Goran's, uh, if you can't tell from his name, he's, he's from Croatia, his family's from Croatia. So I don't even know, I, I know that his grandmother has an actual name, but we all just call her Barka, which means grandmother, right? So that's her name. It's always yeah. been her name. I wouldn't even know how to probably pronounce her name or know, even know her surname. I just wouldn't. And so the last, maybe even even just the last year, we've sort of, we've been hanging out a little bit. And like a little while ago, she taught me how to make her soup, which was really nice. Like we, she kind of got to pass on like part of her traditions to me. And I've talked to her about her, you know, first loves. And I talked to her about we always talk about house prices because that's always very topical in Australia. <laughs> we it do. is. Very topical. Yeah. Um, and talk about family and relationships and, you know, she's quite progressive in the way that she thinks as well, which I think makes it easier. But, you know, learning about the difficulties they encounter and realising that we're all just human beings in this one space, trying to figure out how to be grown-ups Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you did the thing. Yeah, I did. Oh, my God, that mm thing. I'm not... No, I love it. I love it. I'm like, yes, I click, click. Claire and I just had a click moment. Yeah. What does Oprah call them? An aha Aha moment. moment. A tweetable tweet. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I just, oh, God, I listen to too much Oprah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is when you... It's something that happens and maybe mm. it doesn't happen until your 30s yeah. or wherever where you, a penny drops and yeah. you go... Oh, you're not a different species. Yep. You're not part of the furniture or they're just because you've always been there. That's yep. that notion that your parents and grandparents and yep. elderly people are not real people. Yep. Like I yep. think as teenagers, because you can't your brain can't sort of wrap its head around the fact that you at sixteen will eventually be seventy six. Yeah. You can't understand that and I feel like it's only when I really when I've hit my thirties that I've really yep. started maybe becoming a parent to but I just think getting older, you suddenly go, oh, it's not like they're different people. Yeah. No, they're I mean, just... I, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think it is like part of it would be parenting, but I think part of it's just aging. Yeah. You're like, oh, so people do get grey hairs at some point in time. Yeah. And, and by people, I mean me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, I actually don't have any grey hairs, mm. unlike mm. my husband, who's very grey, the poor old goat man. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. Yeah. It's, uh, I know, life, life, right, Chanel? Life. It's been a very... Life exclamation mark. Yeah. Or maybe life will exactly. stop. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. quite sure of the punctuation right now. But no, <laughs> me neither, but you know. You've been listening to a podcast called Just Make the Thing with me, Claire Tonti, and with Chanel Luchev. For more information on this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Claire Tonti or on Twitter at Mrs. Sunday Movies. Um, you can also go to our website, planetbroadcasting.com, where we have lots of other podcasts just like this one. You can follow the link in the show notes for Bend Yoga Melbourne, which is Chanel's yoga teaching instructing business. And if you are struggling out there for whatever reason, struggling to let go, struggling um, with the loss of someone that you love, I'll put a link to Lifeline in the show notes below as well. Um, and there's other numbers you can call throughout your country. Always reach out for help if, you, if and when you need it. That's my advice for this week. Okay, have a wonderful week. Stay with your friends. 
stay by them, stay with them, tell the people you love that you love them, bake them things and bring them food if you don't know what else to say. That's my takeaway from this week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.